This is the American Truck Driver Podcast, Episode 4. Hey everybody, welcome to the American Truck Driver Podcast. I am Chris and I'm an American Truck Driver. This episode is going to be uh, Owner Operator 101 talking about revenue. In the last episode we talked about the costs associated with being an owner operator and that was your insurance, uh, permits, fuel, and maintenance. In this episode I'm going to talk about revenue. Now, in the industry, there's basically two ways that a truck gets paid. That is on percentage of contract or mileage. Different carriers pay different ways. But all of these ways are some derivative of either being paid on a uh, percentage of, of total contract revenue or on mileage. Some drivers prefer mileage over percentage, and some prefer percentage over mileage. Speaking for myself, I am a percentage guy because I want the maximum opportunity to earn the maximum amount of revenue. I can only do that on mileage by running more miles. As an owner-operator now leased to Landstar, pulling for a direct customer, my average miles are only about 1,500 miles a week. Sometimes I will run an extra load here and there just off the board, which will get me up to you know maybe 2,500, but I only do that a couple times a month. On average, I run one load a week. It's about 1,500 miles and takes me about four days to do. If I were being paid on a mileage contract, that mileage contract would have to be pretty incredible to work out in my favor the way the percentage contract does. So, first, let's talk about mileage. Mileage is very straightforward. We are the carrier. We will pay you a flat rate per mile, loaded and empty, plus a fuel surcharge. The fuel surcharge, as we've now seen over the last five years, has varied greatly. Uh, When I got into uh, leasing my first truck in 2011, I think fuel was in the 314 average. By the end of 2011, it was up around 360, uh, went up to about 385, and now has come down into the $2.50 range. And with that, the fuel surcharge has fluctuated wildly. Now, I did get to see, though I never ran under it, uh, at Anderson when I was there. uh, On the van division, we were on percentage. On the flatbed specialized division, they had an option where you could run mileage if you wanted to. And it was a sliding scale that where basically the shorter the run was, the more it paid. The longer the run was, the less it paid. So... I'm thinking it was like 81 cents a mile for long loads and like a dollar 25 for short loads and then they added the uh, fuel surcharge on top of that not having any personal experience with it other than just having some some friends uh, that were on the mileage and we would sit down and compare numbers uh, it generally every time I would sit and compare numbers with them I would be thousands of dollars ahead being on revenue now I ate a lot of deadhead I, you know, I can't say that I didn't. Uh, there were times 
over there, the way that business operated, I would deadhead six, eight hundred miles, and that was on me. But you know, it worked out in the end uh, because I ended up with a like a dollar eighty average to the truck after all miles were considered. So when you consider uh, the significant uh, amounts of deadhead that I was doing uh, over there. Uh, and then consider what my final numbers were ended up being. Our, our revenues were, were pretty sweet. On percentage, you will receive a percentage of the predetermined percentage of the contract. I think the industry standard is somewhere between 65 and 70 percent, depending on where you're at, what you're hauling, and where you're hauling it to, and who you're hauling it for. At Landstar, where I am now, pulling a van. I get 65% of the line haul. They provide me with a trailer at no cost. If I had my own trailer, I would receive an additional 7%. So 65% pulling their trailer, 72% pulling my trailer. Now there are three basic categories that, that revenue on a percentage where really any contract falls under. You have line haul, which is just the the per mile rate to haul the load then you have the fuel surcharge which is pretty much industry standard that you get 100% of the fuel surcharge and then you have your accessorial pay which is your loading and unloading uh, your detention uh, tractor repositioning lots of different people call it lots of different things and depending on your contract, some of those are subject percentage and some of them are not. Loading and unloading is 100% here, but they get part of your stop pay. Uh, other carrier you know, that I've seen and been with, well, you know, you get 100% of everything. So it just depends on the individual contract and how the carrier has it set up. But at the end of the day, there is a number of however much that one load pays to your truck. And it essentially does not matter how it's broken down and how much is line haul and how much is fuel surcharge and how much this is oral and who gets what there is a number that comes to your truck divided by the miles you will run and that's your rate this is one of the most misunderstood concepts in this business drivers will get tunnel vision and they get upset and oh well they get percentage of this and they shouldn't and or I should get more of this and they should get less of that well here's the bottom line if what is making it to your truck is enough to cover your costs and provide you with profit then it doesn't matter it doesn't matter who got what percentage of what at the end of the day all that matters is what made it to the truck and furthermore, what made it to your bank account. It's not what you make a mile, it's what you make a week. That's what it is important. I personally am a revenue stacker. I don't get hung up on the rate per mile, per se. I'm cognizant of it, I understand it. I look at a, at a rate and I say, okay, well, you know, it's $2,000, it's 1,000 miles, that's $2 a mile. But in my operation, I look at it that, that if I'm stacking up, you know, $3,500 to $5,500 a week in revenue, then everything's going to be okay. Really doesn't matter how much miles I run. Obviously, I want to run 
the least amount of miles and make the most amount of money possible. That's the whole point. But I found sometimes that when deciding from day to day on a particular load that I can get tunnel vision and not consider where I'm at and where I'm going and where the next load could possibly take me, and I get, uh, you know, oh, well, I, that, that, that load's too cheap. Well, that load is only too cheap if it doesn't cover your cost and it doesn't raise your overall profit. If you have a load that pays $3.50 a mile and it takes you to an area that has a lot of freight but that freight's not paying much, and you grab something cheap just to get you out of there and get you moving and say it pays a dollar and a quarter? Well, when you stack up all the revenue and look and see what's left at what's going in the bank account, that dollar twenty-five didn't matter. It just simply did not matter. I've pulled 85 cent a mile loads on purpose. I'll, and I'll tell you exactly how it happened. I had been out a few weeks. I had gone to Florida rates going into Florida are generally awesome and there's nothing coming out so you're going to deadhead five six hundred miles and you just build that into your rate you know I'm going down there and I'm going to need a couple hundred bucks in fuel to get me out and I had that figured in and the load more than paid for my fuel down there and my fuel out and lots and lots and lots of profit so I deadheaded out and I got into uh, southern Georgia and I think I picked the load up in the Savannah area, it was going up to DC, and it was another really good paying load. Paid like, like two seventy-five to the truck. It was going to an IKEA up in the DC area, and it was time for me to go home. And I was talking to my wife on the phone, and she said, uh, "What are you going to do after this load?" And I said, "I don't know. I think I'm just going to come home." And she said, "Are there any loads?" And I said, "No, nah, there's not really anything moving." But but I had been looking for you know two and three dollar mile loads. And I said, yeah, I'm just going to deadhead home. And I figured up the cost to, to, to deadhead home. And I looked at my revenue for the week. And I looked at my expenses for the week. And I thought, that's not going to hurt me. But at the last minute, I thought, well, you know, I'm just going to look on the board. And I'm going to see if there's anything close to me going close to the house. So I took off all of the parameters for minimum freight rates. And there was a load paying like 500 bucks that was going within 15 miles of my house. Uh, it was some cheap, crappy, nasty broker load that somebody just threw on the Landstar board because they didn't have anything better to do. And it paid like 85 cents. I mean, it was it was dirt, dirt cheap. I take that back because it only paid like $300. Uh, it was like 400 miles. So to the truck, it was going to be like $225 or something. So I'm, I'm curious, and I called about it, and I thought, well, if this thing gives me a, a minute, a second of trouble, I'm not fooling with it. I'm going to deadhead home. And I called the agent, and the agent said, yeah, I've, I've dealt with this broker before. This customer has really, really, really good paying freight, but they've got some of this junk. And in order to pull the really good stuff, they want us to put this crap on their board. And she said, it's, um, it's like 10,000 pounds. They can load it in 15 minutes. You take it to the other end, you can be empty in 15 minutes. And I said, do you guarantee that? She said, I absolutely guarantee that. Now, of course, that wasn't, that wasn't worth anything because she could have completely lied to me. But I called the, the uh, customer. I talked to them. They seemed reasonably 
competent. I ran over there. I picked up this 10,000-pound load. They did, in fact, load it in 15 minutes. I carried it to the house. It took me 20 minutes to get it unloaded, and I put a couple hundred bucks in my pocket versus deadheading home. That was a net benefit to me. When it was considered in with the rest of my revenue and expenses for the week, it was money in my pocket. My fuel was already paid for. My truck payment was made. My maintenance was covered. My profit was covered. It was just money in my pocket. And I learned an important lesson there because I've learned to put myself in the position of, of other people. See, I'm, I'm not the most important human being on this planet. I'm just not. I have a certain value. My time has a certain value. Uh, but other people's time and assets and property have value as well. And so when I started to understand and think about that, that, you know, here's a customer that has some, uh, I guess it was some kind of like uh, finished product building material, something or another. Uh, anyway, it was, you know, it was really, really high dollar stuff. Well, then they had this other stuff that they had to move that they just did not have the, they didn't have the, the profit and the spread on that product to cover a huge deal of shipping costs. And so it was just cheap. It just was. Thankfully, it was light. Most of the time, we've all come to find out that most of this cheap stuff is heavy and takes five hours to load and five hours to unload. But in this case, it was just a real simple little easy load that didn't pay much. But that was 200 bucks in my pocket. Um, and so I don't regret doing it uh, for a second. You know, these, these fools that run around and, you know, as if... You know, me hauling a, a cheap load for a customer somehow affects your bottom line. Uh, you watch too much TV news. You know, what I do is none of your business. And what you do is none of my business. If I want to haul a load for a dollar a mile and it covers my cost and it covers my profit, it's none of your business what I do. If I, if I haul something for $1,000 a mile and I, you know, and I become Donald Trump because of it, it's none of your business. And if you do it, it's none of my business. So we got to get away from this idea that, uh, you know, God help us. I saw a Facebook post today that made my blood boil that some idiot, well, maybe the government should set rates and, and, and set minimum rates. And I'm like, God help us. So back on task and back on the subject here. Your revenue is your lifeblood. And you have to understand it from all sides and all angles. Now, if you're, if you're a mileage person, I'm not mad at you. If, that, you know, if that's how you want to run, if it makes you feel more comfortable to say, okay, if, you know, if I drive a mile, I'm going to get so much. If it's a, you know, a dollar or a dollar fifty or a dollar forty, uh, you can make money. You can. Now, you've got to work your butt off, and you've got to put more miles on your truck, and you really, really, really got to watch your expenses. But you can make money at $1.40. It's possible. I would rather make it at $2.40 and run less miles. But there's more risk, I guess. You know, there's some measure of risk in either side. You know, if you want to run mileage, there's a certain level of risk. If you want to run uh, percentage, there's a certain... Uh, level of risk but either way whichever you decide to do uh, you can make money if you manage 
your expenses well. And that's what the next uh, episode will be about, will be about um, our profit and how we take the expenses away from the profit and, and what we do to send that home. So revenue on percentage, you have line haul, you have fuel surcharge, you have excess oil pay. Mileage, you basically get mileage, you get fuel surcharge, and, and I'm sure there are probably some that have some stop pay and excess oil pay of that kind. Again, I'm a, re- I'm a, I'm a percentage of revenue guy. Uh, I, I, want, I want a piece of the pie. It, it helps me to uh, really connect with the freight and, and, what, and what is happening in the, in the overall, larger overall economic picture. Uh, when I'm when I'm hauling, you know something that pays well because it is worth it, like a fragile good or of some kind or, or hazmat load. Then I'm more invested when I'm getting a percentage of the rate. I mean, if every load is paying the same as if it's all the same, then you know I'm not going to have that same investment. But that's your basic uh, that's your basic revenue. You know, you really don't get a paycheck as an owner-operator. You get revenue, you spend money, and what's left over is profit. Uh, it, you have to change your vocabulary a little bit. So this is kind of a short episode, but uh, I just I wanted to take the time to try to explain for those who have not uh, ventured the path of being an owner-operator. And if I had my way, if you know, if I believed in, uh, I don't believe in government and and passing laws to make everybody behave the way I think they should. But if I did, you know, I would decree that everyone should be an owner-operator. This industry will benefit. The more owner-operators we have, the better off we will be. I'm not mad at company drivers, okay? So I don't hate you if you're a company driver. So let's just be clear about that. But there is a different mindset. There is a, a, a different uh, creed when you're an owner-operator. Because you have skin in the game, you know if you if you break your truck or you don't maintain it or you wreck it, uh, you're out. There's no there's no company to back you up. So it changes your behavior. It modifies, it changes who you are, and how you view things and how you look at things. So that's it for this episode of the podcast. Um, hit me up on the Twitter at Truck and Czar, Facebook.com/slash An American Truck Driver www.anamericantruckdriver.com email is anamericantruckdriver at gmail.com comments, questions, send them on if you got a, you know, send me an email be glad to help in any way I can Till next time, be safe